You are listening to Executive Chat, hosted by Clarice Arnold. This podcast will catch a glimpse at the lives and perspectives of some wonderful business leaders of today. A storm breaks out, winds are blowing, rain is pouring, and electrical lines have fallen down. Many people have lost their power. They need lights, and they need them fast. Now it is time for action. Hey there, friends. I'm Clarice Arnold, and you're tuning into The Executive Chat, the podcast where a future executive interviews current executives. The goal here is to catch a glimpse at the perspectives, lives, and minds of the business leaders of today. Today, we have Dale Lambert, the CEO of Randolph Electric Membership Corporation, joining us. How are you, Dale? I'm doing great. Good afternoon and Happy New Year. You too. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Glad to do it. Let's say a terrible storm has taken down power lines and many citizens are left with no power. What does Randolph EMC do about it? Well, Clarice, it is a team effort. And when we have storms that are coming our way, we are tracking them well in advance. We have a a group that assists us with any forecasting that we need for uh, any storms that are coming through our region, Central North Carolina. And so we start there, but we also have a storm plan. And we also have a very seasoned team of employees. So our storm plan has just down to the minute detail of things that we need to do to prepare in advance of the storm when the storm arrives and then as we're going through restoration efforts. So we, we have a plan in place, but I think probably the most important thing is we have a very seasoned team that is dedicated to safely restoring power as quickly as possible. And you lead that team, right, Dale? So where are you when the storm hits? I do, and it all depends. Um, once we get the storm uh, response up and going, and this is going to require it, – it's, it's a major effort because – we have a normally about 150 total workforce uh, within the corporation. And when a storm hits, there are times we will swell to over 500 that are working to restore power. So you can imagine the log- logistics it takes to feed, to house, and to manage that many people that are coming to assist. So we, we have uh, people that have certain assignments in different areas. And uh, once we get up and going and everything uh, is operating as it should, there are times I will go out in the field. There are times I'll be uh, involved in dispatch. So uh, it really depends on the characteristics of the storm, how long of a duration the storm will be. One of the important things I try to do is communicate to our members on a regular basis and assist with our communications team who is updating the members on how the restoration efforts is going, what to expect, what the next steps will be, and hopefully when they'll be able to restore, have their power restored. So um, it's all it's all dependent on the storm, but you know, it's we all wear many hats when we have a storm that comes, and it doesn't, you know, uh, the job titles kind of go out the window. Whatever needs to be done, our team just steps up and does it. So, um, like I said, we have a very dedicated team, and it's all hands on deck. Absolutely. And, you know, great leaders such as yourself have to have very efficient communication. So that's very, very important. It is. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself? We want to hear about you. Where are you from? 
I am from Bennett, North Carolina, just a small town. I'm just a country boy. I grew up on a part-time farm where my dad worked in a mill. And I was fortunate to come to work at Randolph Electorate at the age of 20. And Mm -hmm. uh, I've been with the company for 36 years. CEO is the last 20. And kind of had a unique avenue to the CEO position. I came here as an apprentice lineman. And that was my goal was to come to work at Randolph Electorate as a lineman. And that's where I had planned to spend my career. I loved it. Uh, To be honest with you, at times I still miss it. Um, but it was, uh, one of the, the greatest jobs I ever had was being a lineman. And, um, I did that for nine years and then a, the district manager's position opened up and I was fortunate enough to be selected for that. And, and that was in 1994. And then 19, and in 2000, the CEO's position opened up. So I was fortunate to be selected to be the CEO and, and be a part of a great team. That's amazing. Um, for our younger listeners who may not know, can you describe the work of a lineman? It can be a very tricky job. I think a lineman position is an outstanding uh, job, and there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, today it's much more technical because of all the equipment we utilize in our substations. You know, our line personnel have iPads where they're receiving information about outages and they're receiving information of storm informa- uh, storm response and where the outage is and, you know, any issues out on the system. So a lot of data is flowing out into the field. And, um, you know, when I came here, obviously technology in, in 1984, technology was, um, you know, just on the cusp of us starting to even get personal computers at that time. So it has come a long way, but the line position is it's a demanding job. We still have to climb poles. You can't get a bucket to every pole during storms. We still have to climb poles and, you know, a lot of handwork. But then the other side of it, there's a lot of uh, te- technology that's involved in that in that job. And so you have to be physically, it's a physically demanded job, but you have to be astute with technology also and applying that to to the job. Yes, of course. Well, tell us a little bit about your educational background, Dale. So I came to work here um, with a high school education, and then I had a a crew foreman that encouraged me to go back to school. I was married, uh, had a a growing family at that time, and he encouraged me to go back to school. So I did. I went to Randolph Community College, and I have an associate's degree in business. And it took a few years of doing that at night after hours because – um, you know, it's having to pull call at, you know, our, we have personnel on call 24 seven. I was still part of that rotation, but I was fortunate to have coworkers that would fill in enough and give me enough time to get back. Uh, online was not available at that time. Um, you know, very limited online education. So it was pretty yeah. much in class. And so it took a few years, but I was able to, uh, to get my associate's degree in business. And, um, it was, with having some experience and applying that and going through the classes, it really helped me everything from accounting to applying the, you know, business principles because I could take it immediately back to my job and, and apply it and learn it. So with having the, the Lyman tech, uh, technical background from the operational side and then bringing some business side in has been, been very beneficial. But, you know, I'm fortunate to have been able to, uh, to have opportunity to be in, in the field. And learn uh, a lot about the, you know our system and how it operates, and from the operational side, it's been very it's been very beneficial to me as a CEO. 
Yes, of course. I think it's amazing that you worked your way up. And I think a lot of kids, especially around my age, are going to start choosing community college more often. It was a great education for me. Absolutely. Well, I have a more fun question for you. Not that the last question wasn't just as fun, but if you could pick one person in history to brunch with in the last 300 years, who would you pick and why? You know, that uh, I have become much more of a history buff as I have aged. And, uh, you know, that that's probably because as I look back and I learn more about everything from family history to the history of our nation and, and even take the history of our electric cooperative. Randolph EMC is a member on electric cooperative. So the reason that it exists today is because there were people in our rural communities that did not have access to electricity. They could go to, to the city, to a local town, and in most cases, the towns had electricity, but out in rural areas, they did not. And so um, I don't know if I'd have so much a particular person. I would love to have sit down or be, have the opportunity to sit down with a group of the founding fathers of Randolph EMC and just um, – I've had the opportunity to read through some minutes and trying to understand some of the history of the company and preparing for some of the meetings that we've had. And it is fascinating, the challenges that they had to meet and all the hurdles they had to cross in order to provide electricity out to rural areas. They basically had no money. Uh, They were trying to form an entity from, you know, from the ground up. And, uh, you know, even our minutes talks about first employees being hired, those type of things. You know, it'd be pretty fascinating to go back and, and be able to interview and talk to them and hear some of the fascinating stories that they have to share about all the challenges to, to be able to, uh, get Randolph EMC, uh, Randolph EMC going and, you know, providing the vital service that we do today. Wow. What a powerful group of people. That's amazing. Yes, my dad is a history buff as well. That would be very interesting to sit down and see how Randolph EMC could be made after all those years. Um, let's go on to our next question. It has to do with values. So according to REMC, um, their core values, your core values, are integrity, accountability, innovation, and community involvement. In 2020, because it's a very challenging year. It's different from the others. If you had to choose, which core value do you think has been the most valuable? Well, um, I think they're all critically important. And I, I think, I think integrity always rises to the top because it's all about trust. If you do, if you lose trust, you've lost it all. So, um, you know, we've had to make some difficult decisions through restricting office access to members and trying to um, still allow the connectivity to us, but yet trying to push it more to online or drive-through type services. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it takes some trust to be able to to do that. Um, I think what really shined through was our commitment to community. Our directors made some very good decisions to be able to retire some capital credits, we call it, but it's funds back to the members well in advance of the normal retirement to get money back into their hands in April. Um, and then that was in advance of the normal retirement in June because of the needs that our members were having because people were out of work 
due to the crisis and, you know, there was no income. So that commitment to community community also shown through of what can we do to help our members and step up and show that we care about them, that we're here for them. And, and I think that was one of the, the critical um, decisions that was made is what can we do? Let's get some money back into their hands because they own our company and, you know, they receive, um, you know, a percentage of our profits back through capital credits. And so we, we felt like it's important to show them that we care about them. So I think with our integrity is, is critically important as always, but through COVID, the commitment to community to show we care, um, we understand, you know, the difficult situation you're in and we want to do all we can to support you. I think that was, that was what really shone through, through the COVID crisis and continues today. It hasn't stopped. We continue to, to uh, deal with that today and work with our members. Your commitment to your members must keep them happy. Y'all do such a good job with committing to them over there. You know, I'm really uh, now, proud of our employee team because we do surveying yeah. of our members and we survey to ask, you know, how are we doing? And, you know, are we meeting your needs? Are we meeting your expectations? And I just want to give a shout out to our employee team because uh, we, we survey for two quarters of the year. And in the second quarter of 2020, we were uh, the top ranked co-op among a significant group of electric cooperatives from across the country. We had the highest score. We scored a 90 on the American Customer Satisfaction Index. And um, it's been described to me that is in the stratosphere of member satisfaction. And so I attribute that to our employee team. And, you know, that was in the middle of COVID. So, you know, in that second quarter of this year, we were in the throes of COVID, a lot of lot of issues and things going on. And for our members to say, hey, we appreciate you looking out for us. I just got to give a shout out to our team and uh, appreciate the work they've, they've done just to show, hey, we're different. We care about you and we're we only exist to serve your needs. Now, remind us, how many employees do you have? So we have 84 employees, but we also have a number of contractors that work for line construction, right of way maintenance. And that usually balloons to about 150 Throughout the year, it'll fluctuate, but around 150, 160 total, including our employees and contractors. Nice. Wow. What a team. And what qualities would you say um, as a leader or supervisor do you look for in your employees? You know, in 36 years, I've saw a lot of employees come and go. And to me, I think what really stands out is somebody with a great attitude. And somebody that's willing to learn, because if you've got those two, you can go a long way. Um, you know, today we really stress the team environment. COVID's made that a little more difficult in having the face to face interactions, but we still do a lot of, uh, you know, sessions where we're meeting as teams online. But, uh, you know, I think it's that, that having that right attitude and saying, Hey, I'm willing, I'm here to learn and I want to move forward. I want to grow in my career and, you know, I know who I work for, too, because I talk about it with our employees. You know, the people that we work for every day own our company and we want to do all we can to show them that that we care about them and we're they're the only reason we exist. So, you know, I think great attitudes where it's got to be at. Now, this next question I'm going to ask you, it may have the same answer to the last question we just asked. But if you could talk to your younger self, possibly when you were just starting out in this line of work. What would you tell yourself? What's a piece of advice that you've really carried with you and that's resonated with you? 
I think there's a, a few things. One is you got to love what you do. I have loved every job I've ever had. Uh, even straight out of high school, working in a mill. You know, I, I, I enjoy my job. I've always enjoyed every job I've ever had. You've got to enjoy what you're doing and you got to work hard at it. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything can, that can replace hard work. You got to be committed. You got to work hard, but then you got to be, there's got to be a balance. I think you got to keep your priorities in order. You got to make sure that, uh, you know, you balance your work life with family life. But, uh, but that, that would be advice that I, that, that I would give. One of the unique things of working for a utility though is, you know, I have missed Christmases with family. I have missed birthdays with family because that comes with the territory. That's part of our job because when the lights go out, the expectation is we're going to respond. We're going to be there. But, you know, it's, there's a, there's a balance and, uh, that, that you got to strike. And, you know, as you get older, you tend to, uh, to appreciate that a little more, I think. And, you know, somebody starting out, I think, you know, you just got to make sure that, you know, don't cut, don't short yourself on working hard and, but keep your priorities in order to. So if you could talk to young people just starting out in the line of work, like you were once, would you tell them that what's most important is to love what they do and commit to it? Uh, absolutely. You got to love what you're doing or you're, or you're not going to be successful. I mean, somebody that does not like their job every day, they're not going to be successful in it. They're not going to, to have that drive, that desire to set the bar high. I think you got to set the bar high for yourself. You got to set it high for others. And, um, you know, part of that comes with your strategic vision. What is your plan? Uh, are you communicating that plan? But you got to have that high expectation that you, uh, that you do want to, to be successful. But uh, you have that bar high for yourself and for others in order to do that. Yes, absolutely. And y'all at Randolph EMC have a very, very high bar, not just for your team, but also for your members. It's great work you're doing over there. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Lambert. Thank you for the opportunity today. Once again, that was Dale Lambert, the CEO of Randolph Electric Membership Corporation in North Carolina a powerful leader who keeps the power on. I'm Clarice Arnold, and you just tuned in to the Executive Chat. You have been listening to Executive Chat with your host, Clarice Arnold.